We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. And welcome to another one of our Conversations here with Dan. It's good to have him back. I know we've we've been producing videos every week, but it's been a while since we've actually sat down to video something. So we're going to do a little different today. He's trying to be nice to me. All right, let's, let's see. I, I am. I am. We're seeing what we're going to what we <coughs> do with this. But we've had a lot of questions submitted over the last few weeks, and so we appreciate that. We ask you to keep them coming. If you have anything you want to ask, Bible, Christianity, Christian lifestyle, keep those questions coming, and we'll be glad to help you explore them. But along with that, I've got a couple that I think we can discuss in a little bit shorter time period. Okay. And so we're going to have kind of a lightning round of questions today. I got three of them. Okay. So first, numero uno, number one. All right, is dancing a sin? Wow! <laughs> In Exodus chapter fifteen, verses one and two, when the ladies of the children of Israel uh, had gotten through the Red Sea and on the other side, and the Egyptian armies had been killed, uh, they spontaneously erupted into singing and dancing. And said, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider has he thrown into the sea. And it's it's presented as a very joyous, positive occasion. Not one negative thing said about it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yep. On the other hand, if you go to Exodus 32. Okay. And that's where um, Moses and Joshua were coming down from the mountain where God had been talking to Moses. Mm-hmm. And uh, they uh, heard the sounds in the camp. And if you'll look at Exodus thirty-two seventeen, when Joshua heard the noise of the people shouting, he said to Moses, there's the sound of war in the camp. Mm-hmm. Moses replied, it is not the sound of victory. It is not the sound of uh, defeat. It is the sound of singing that I hear. And when Moses approached the camp and saw the calf and the dancing his anger burned, and he threw the tablets out of his hand, breaking it into pieces at the foot of the mountain. Now, certainly the focus is the idolatry of the people of Israel. Right. And they made this calf and says, this is your God that brought you up out of the land of Egypt. But the Canaanite worship, the Egyptian worship of the bull calf, was a worship that involved sex and fornication. And I'll guarantee you, if you study the background of that, that was not... Uh, uh, let's uh, jump up for joy and praise the Lord dancing. That was prelude to sex boogie dancing down there that had a, uh, an idolatrous purpose, and that was definitely condemned. Mm. So we got one that's condemned, one that's not. In, in the book of Luke, the little children are singing, and they say, we piped and you did not dance. Mm-hmm. Well, they're just little kids dancing in the marketplace. Yeah. No biggie. Yeah. But then in, in uh, Matthew 14, that... Uh, uh, wife of, of uh, Herod Philip that went and married another man 
her daughter did some kind of dance for old King Herod, and it it it, it made him so opinion. happy that yeah. he said, "Oh, I'll just give you half of my kingdom, anything you want." I think that was a dirty dance. Did. I don't. I don't think they were just doing the. <clears throat> no. <laughs> <clears throat> so the answer is <clears throat> that all dancing's not e- equal. Mm-hmm. The biblical principle is not "Thou shalt not dance." The b- biblical principle is. We should not uh, lust, Matthew 5, mm-hmm. uh, after another woman that's not our wife. <clears throat> we should dress modestly, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, uh, verse 9, uh, <clears throat> 1 Peter 3, 1 and 2. Uh, we should uh, uh, not act like we're married if we're not married. So you have to take those biblical principles about lust and uh, behavior, sexual behavior that's acceptable in marriage and not acceptable other places, and you have to apply that principle mm-hmm. to different situations and okay. make judgments about what kind of dancing is acceptable and what kind is not. And really, that's the best that the Bible would give okay. as an answer for that. So I'm not saying it's okay to do any kind of dancing you want to. The Bible doesn't say that. I'm yeah. saying you have to take the principles that Scripture lays down about sexual behavior and modesty and all those things and apply those to each situation. Yeah. So like a lot of things we've discussed, <clears throat> we can't point you to one specific <clears throat> passage, but you can look at things as a whole. I and thought we did point them to some passages. We did, but not one specific thou shalt, thou shalt That's not. exactly right. Yeah. We, Numero dos. Okay, so we're going to continue on this theme of kind of uh, expressions of joy, so to say. Yeah. And someone has said... When they're in a church <clears throat> service, there's a lot of very joyous, happy things that'll happen. You know, someone's baptized. Yeah. Uh, someone's rededicated. Maybe uh, <clears throat> we're uh, celebrating the birth of a new a new child physically. Uh, you've installed a new leadership or a new minister. Or, you know, lots of different things that we can be excited about. What are some uh, appropriate ways to express joy in the worship service? Mm-hmm. You're a bad man, Jed. <laughs> I didn't say they were easy. I just said they were, you know, quick questions. All right. Well, he's talking about in a worship service. Yes. <clears throat> Go to Romans 15 real quickly. And, of course, this is another place where we have generalities in Scripture. Mm-hmm. And we don't have specifics in this case in Scripture. But uh, in Romans 15, uh, beginning with verse 7, uh, <clears throat> actually beginning with verse 6, He says, so that with one mouth, with one accord, you might glorify God in the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's talking about Jews and Gentiles in the same church Mm -hmm. singing praises to glorify God. Drop down to verse 9 and read me two or three there, Jed. Okay, in verse 9 of Romans 15, it says, So that the Gentiles may glorify God for His mercy as it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing hymns to your name. And again it says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with His people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and sing praises to Him, all you people. (coughs) And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will spring up. Oh, that's good enough. Okay. So, Notice verse 10, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. He's, he's, he's telling us this in the, in the context of our singing and worship in the assembly. Mm-hmm. So, but, but Paul, why didn't you tell us how to rejoice? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? <clears throat> give you another example. In Acts chapter 8, at the end of the chapter, there was a baptism. Okay. It was the baptism of the eunuch. Uh, Philip and the eunuch went down into the water. 
Right. And he, Philip, baptized him, the eunuch. Mm -hmm. And when he came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip so that the eunuch saw him no more. And he, the eunuch, went on his way rejoicing. Mm -hmm. What did that mean? Was that eunuch who was an African from somewhere down in Ethiopia, when he went on his way rejoicing, uh, did he make any bodily movements like, yes! Uh, did he do a little dance? Uh, did he, uh, you know, pump his fist or, you did know, kind what of did shout, he do? <clears throat> phrases of praise? I, I don't know what he did. Yeah. The Bible doesn't say. It says he went on his way rejoicing. And frankly, there are different ways that different people express joy. Mm -hmm. I know true. that this is controversial and you were too chicken to actually bring this up. <clears throat> but one of the ways in Scripture that people rejoiced was by clapping their hands. I was going to bring that up, I actually. knew you had that in mind. I did. <laughs> if you go to, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, I'm losing it here. Uh, sure. Is it Psalm 49? Let's see. If sure. Or is sure. it Isaiah 49? I'm, I'm getting that. Psalm 49. <clears throat> Psalm 49 starts, hear this, all you people. Let's see. Let's see. That's not it. Maybe it is Isaiah 49. Let's give it a look. So this is a good example of, I really don't give him much heads up on yes, this sort this of thing. Yes, this was we, not... <laughs> we do get to actually talk through all of this. Yeah, 47. <clears throat> okay. So it's actually Psalm 47, uh, where it says, Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. Mm -hmm. So one of the spontaneous expressions of joy is the clapping of the hands. Now, we know that we have, uh, we're not, we're not um, worshiping as a, what, what can I say? This is not an avenue of worship, mm -hmm. like singing, prayer, right. uh, the Lord's Supper, giving. This is not an avenue of worship. What it is, is a a byproduct of joy where people just feel joy and because they feel it they express that joy in uh, clapping their hands or shouting hallelujah or jumping up and down or whatever it is now you know so socially culturally there may be some things that are sure. appropriate or not appropriate or whatever but many times somebody's baptized people are so happy they just clap for it yeah uh, I think that's perfectly in line with what we see right. in passages like this they say well I know it's an Old Testament passage yes it is and we're not trying to bind any Old Testament law but New Testament simply says rejoice yes and it does say to rejoice. It doesn't tell us how to rejoice. Okay. So, um, just as the counterbalance, some people would say that you need to do things that aren't distracting to the rest of the worshiping assembly. Is there? Is that right? We we don't care what some people say. We care what the Bible says. And that's where I was going to say. Is and that, in First Corinthians chapter uh, fourteen, where we're talking about the mm -hmm. uh, worship assembly. If you go down to the last verse, verse 40, 1 Corinthians 14, 14, says, but everything should be done, I think King James says, decently and in order. This says in the NIV, in a fitting and orderly way. Yeah. So if we're going to rejoice at a baptism or something, or if we're rejoicing in some way in worship, it should not be something that... that causes chaos to mm -hmm. ensue but it should be done in a in an orderly way that's not overly 
disruptive yeah. to everybody else. And so again, kind of using common sense, but maybe doing a victory lap, hooping and hollering around the auditorium, probably not the best thing to do. Yes, but how many times <laughs> have you seen, you know, somebody so happy that someone finally obeyed the gospel that they're just saying, thank you, God. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm just so grateful. And they're just saying, it's awesome. Oh, yeah. Well, to, to, to tell people they can't do that stuff is ridiculous, frankly. And uh, that's different, though, when we start talking about things like, uh, um, you know, uh, clapping during songs and stuff like that. Not no. clapping for joy, but just... We can discuss that in another yeah, video. Yeah, we can discuss that in another video, but that doesn't belong in this discussion. Right. It's <clears throat> more the, when other things are happening, how do we express joy for those? Right, or if somebody yeah. has their 50th wedding anniversary and, yeah. and we announce it and we're so proud of right. them and the congregation gives them a hand, well, that's just saying, hey, we're just happy for you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I've, I've hit him hard on two of them. Numero uh, tres. Last one for our kind of lightning round video <clears> this <throat> week. Uh, so number three, uh, someone was doing some things about preparing with their family and for themselves, and they said, is there anything against cremation? Is there anything wrong with being cremated from a biblical standpoint? Meaning like, you know, can my body still get to heaven if I cremate it, basically? Wow, Jed. We go from dancing... I know. To rejoicing, to cremation. Yes. You've I'm, got I'm, to be joking. Okay. <clears throat> Go to Revelation chapter 20. Okay. <clears throat> Pardon me. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 20. Mm -hmm. Go to verse 11 and read just a little bit for us. All right. Revelation 20, starting in verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and asked him who was seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which was the book of life, and the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The seas gave up their dead, and that were in it, and the dead of Hades gave up his dead. And they were, in, and the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what he had done. Read that one again, where it says the sea gave up right. his dead, and I'll try not and stumble take the over. Gum out your mouth. Yeah. All right, go ahead. The sea, <clears throat> the sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what he had done. All right. Now notice that part that said the sea gave up the dead that were in it. Mm -hmm. Now see, this isn't particularly about cremation. Yeah. But bodies that go into the sea mm -hmm. become completely destroyed, Gone. disseminated. Yeah. Not only do the crabs and the lobsters and all the little creatures eat them down to the nub, their bones disappear and everything disappears. Mm -hmm. So it's almost the same thing as cremation. Yeah. You know, when cremation is done, you get what they call cremains, which is just little chunks of bone and ashes and stuff like that. Right. <clears throat> and so if the sea can give up its dead at the resurrection, yeah. then those that have been burned can give up their dead at the resurrection. And we're taught in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if you turn over there, okay. that our body will be a spiritual body, an eternal body. 1 Corinthians 15, starting with 35, read two or three or four there for us, brother. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 35. But someone may ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? 
Well, how foolish. What will you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just the seed, perhaps of wheat or something else. But God gives it a body as he has determined, and to each kind of seed he gives its own body. Notice that it says God gives it a body. Mm-hmm. So the souls will go on and, and live in eternity. Ecclesiastes, the last chapter, says that the body returns to the dust and the spirit to God who mm-hmm. gave it. So God will give you a new body. He will give your spirit a new body. And it doesn't matter whether you were blown up in an explosion or you were cremated or you were buried or you died at sea. God will give you a a new body, but there will still be a relationship between you, the you, the body that died, and the body that God gives it. Keep reading right there where you were to the next phrase or two. Let's see. Verse 39. All flesh is not the same. No, right before that. Go before it. Start in verse 38. Okay. All right. Verse 38 of 1 Corinthians 15. But God gives it a body as he has determined, and to each kind of seed he gives its own body. All right. That's the part. To each seed a body of its own. Mm -hmm. So all that shows is that the body that was Jed, Mm -hmm. when God gives this spirit a new body, it'll still be Jed. It won't be somebody else. It will be Jed. And there's a direct relationship between the one that died and the one Mm -hmm. that rose. But the short answer is, no, it doesn't matter if you're cremated. Right. Do what you need to do. Do your own decision. But God can raise anything is the simple answer there. See, I've seen people cremated, Mm -hmm. and then they had pets cremated, Mm-hmm. And then in the little urn or something, the ashes of the pet was mixed in with the ashes of the person. And God can figure it all do, out. Do you think when that person is raised that... I'm just teasing, Jed. I, I, I think we're going to leave it right there. I think that'd be a good place to stop. There you go. A wonderful image for everyone there. <laughs> but again, these are questions that y'all are seeing, <clears throat> and we really do appreciate them. We're glad we can walk through them with you. Uh, and we'll have some more for next week. We'll We'll do some more long... Form ones like we normally do. What about numero cuatro? Is that going to wait till the next visit? That's waiting. We just had the three quick ones. All right, good. All right, so we'll leave it there. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you again next time. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.